0: And thank you for tuning in to the Business and Wealth Show with your host, Mac Catrum. Let's go. Hey, thank you for tuning in. And today I have the absolute pleasure to be in conversation with Hernan Vasquez. Now, Hernan has worked with some of the biggest brands out there. You know, him and his company as a digital agency have worked with Checkout. Have you heard these names before? I know you have. The names like Grant Cardone, like Anthony Robbins like Russell Brunson, Frank Kern, and many, many, many more. So he knows what he is doing. He's been a, in the digital marketing space for over 13, 13 years. Welcome, Hernan. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Mac. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: We are talking earlier on. He's Right now, he's in Argentina. Buenos Aires, Argentina. So thank you for jumping on. I really appreciate that. Um, no problem. No, no problem. pleasure. Usually at this stage, Hernan, I, I usually start by uh, asking about your entrepreneurial background. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? Or have you been an entrepreneur your entire life? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I haven't, I certainly haven't been an entrepreneur my entire life. You know, I, as you correctly say, I'm from Argentina, I'm from Buenos Aires, third world country, I was born and raised here. And, uh, you know, kind of the the run of the mill was always, you know, go to college, get good grades, go to school, get uh-huh. a job, that type of stuff, and I did it. Like that's what I did. I come from a, you know, middle class family here, and uh, that's what I did. I went to school, I got good grades, I got graduated, I went from to university and whatnot, and then I got a job, you know, or got, I got a couple jobs actually before I finished high school. So I wasn't necessarily an entrepreneur since the beginning, but I was really, uh, I was really interested in that. And one of the reasons that I think that that was the case. It's because uh, you know, my parents early in their in their lives, they've been involved in MLM marketing, you know, they joined a couple of MLM companies and whatnot. And that worked to a degree and it didn't work to another degree. But the reality is that they had a lot of a lot of books, right, in, in my house. Like I was a little kid and we had a lot of books, books like uh Think and Grow Rich, right? right by Napoleon Hill. We had grow, like yeah, like uh How to Win Friends and Influence People by Bill Carnegie. So yeah, so so. We had those type of books and so i was like 11 12 13 years old i was reading those books so that kind of make a big impact on me you know moving forward but i was as i was saying i did i wasn't i didn't start like this i actually had a really good job after college i got a really good job doing what i studied i studied communication in university so i went out of university i i got a really good job it was a walking distance from my house it was really great right Um, but then, you know, at some point I want to, I, I knew that I wanted more, I knew that I wanted to kind of explore what the entrepreneurial world and life would be like. And, uh, I, I kind of asked myself this question. I was like, okay, if I dedicate myself like diligently, if I work hard in this company for the next 10 to 15 years, what could happen, right? What could happen? Maybe I could get, you know, a good position, managerial role or something like that. But conversely, what could happen if I like go by myself? If I dedicate diligently the same amount of work, you know, working hard for the next ten to fifteen years on my own, like for my own company, for my own business, which I didn't know what what it was at the time. So you know, the sky was the limit at that po- at that point. So I went ahead and take the uh, you know take the plunge. I did the jump. I I and I never looked back. I never like sent a resume ever again in my life uh, after that. And it was kind of a, a big deal because it took me a while to get to that job, to get to that position. And then my family were all like, you know, rattled about the fact that I was quitting. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I, I went ahead and did it anyways. And and I learned a lot, you know, the past like decade, almost decade and a half. So it's been quite a ride, let me tell you.
0: So- what is it like? I mean, it, it sounds like a great ride, you know, exp- getting to experience in corporate and going out on your own. What is it mm-hmm. like when the people that love you the most are saying, hey, are you stupid? Don't do this. Why would you quit this job? What is it like when you have that belief that things will eventually come your way, but people Mm -hmm. around you are not being so supportive.
1: Yeah, no, that, and that's definitely hard. You know, I remember that, you know, that's definitely hard because I think that they're coming, especially my parents and whatnot, they're coming out of love, right? They were worried about me. I was young, I was 20 something. So they were worried about me. So they were coming from this position of love. They were also pretty supportive in some other regards and whatnot. But the reality is that one of the things that hit me the most and I was like, well, the first like two to three years of my career, I was like, hey, should I go back and get a job? Because I saw my friends, people that I went th- through high school, you know, with and then to university, I saw my friends and they were getting like, you know, they were getting bigger and better houses and bigger and better cars and they were getting promotions and they were getting a good, uh, good job and whatnot. So I'm like, should I go back and do this? Should I go back and, and you know, and, and, and get a job and whatnot? But I remember that over over that period i was kind of a lot of soul soul searching i was a lot of kind of figuring out what to do i didn't know i knew that it was internet related with computers but i didn't really know what it was going to be and then at some point i came across this website called fiverr Fiverr fiverr.com right Mm -hmm. now fiverr.com 10 years ago is not the fiverr.com that we know of today back in the day there was a lot of scrappy marketers doing scrappy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and we were a rough bunch selling stuff on Fiverr. So you go there to get something done for five bucks. And I remember that the first breakthrough that I had, I, I started writing articles for people. That was the first gig that I had. I started okay. offering articles on Fiverr.com for $4 a pop because they would take a dollar out of the top. Wow. So I would get $4 per article. But the first time that I kind of, that kind of, you know, my first breakthrough was when a complete stranger over the internet gave me money for a service right for some somebody that i didn't knew somebody that i didn't know who that person was they hired me on fiverr.com and they gave me my first four dollars that i that i made online from a completely stranger so that was kind of a big breakthrough for me and i was like okay well there is something here i can make this work i can actually you know put food on the table i can actually pay the rent i can actually do this by working remotely by working online by working for strangers the other side of, of the world, with what, with was you know a really big deal, so that was kind of the first breakthrough, and uh, I just kept at it. You know, I thank uh, everyone around me for their love, but I just kept at it, and and you know, and 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 then I never looked back. So, well,
0: congratulations. Uh, you know, it, it, so as a digital, so tell us about the work you do as a digital uh, agency. Then, what what kind mm-hmm. of work do you do, and who do you serve?
1: Yeah that's that's a good question. So, you know, throughout my career over the past like yeah, 13 14 years, I I've had to learn to to do a little bit of everything, right? Because I I needed it and I wanted to learn. So I had to learn how to put together websites, I had to learn to put together to write copy, to put together landing pages, to do all of the tech stuff, to run ads, to uh, to send emails and whatnot. And um, and luckily, you know, I I've been blessed enough to work with some of these big names and I learned a lot working for them and with them, right? Mm -hmm. And right now at Scale Driven, which is, you know, my main business right now, uh, what we do is we serve mostly people that have a high ticket coaching or consulting or or product or service, right? That's who we mostly serve. And we serve them in many capacities. One of them is we run ads for them, like on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok. We run ads for them. We also create and generate sales funnels, like marketing funnels for, for these folks, And uh, we take care of all of the follow-up, all of the email automations, SMS automations, and all of the tech stuff that goes behind it. So basically, we are an ally. We are the marketing partner to generate more revenue through paid advertising and sales funnels. And that's basically what we do right now and who we
0: serve. That's very clear. So why, you know, small business owners listening in right now, why in most cases would it be better to hire a company like yourselves? to do all that rather than trying to figure it out on their own.
1: Yeah, that I love that question. And that's a question that, you know, I ask myself to myself and I get asked a lot. Mm. I think that you need to so first off, let me tell you, as a digital market, so I've been on both sides of you know, the fence. I being right now, I own a digital marketing agency, but I have also hired digital marketing agencies to fulfill some services, right? As an entrepreneur and business owner. So I've been on both sides of the fence. And something that I realized is that a digital marketing agency, uh, as much as advertising in general, what people tend to think is that it's not the end all be all, right? A digital marketing agency will not come in and save your business and turn your business around. Mm. And, um, And that is something that, you know, I see a lot of people with the wrong expectations and a lot of business owners is like, okay, I'm going to bring this, this partner, this agency, and they're going to turn my business around. The reality is that, you know, we do a lot of advertising and I always say the same thing is that advertising will only amplify what's already there, right? Advertising will only amplify what's already there. So if you have a poor offer, advertising will not make that offer perform better right yeah if you have a low performing sales team advertising will only give you more leads to burn through right mm-hmm. if you have operational issues advertising or bringing in a, a digital marketing agency will only make those issues worse because you know now you have uh, uh, you now you kind of open the floodgates of leads but you cannot service them, right? So I think that you need to be in a position when you are ready and set and go to scale. That's when you bring in a partner. That's when you bring in a partner like a digital marketing agency to help you scale, to help you go to the next level, to help you uh, with your proven offer, maybe making it better, maybe adding more offers, which is something that we do for clients is we consult with them on those type of things. But what I think is that, Again, a digital marketing agency or an advertising agency will not like change your business around, but it can help you scale what's already working. So if you start the conversation with that relationship or with that mindset, right? If you start the conversation with that type of mindset, I think that that would be a lot more conducive for success, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, now what I'm hearing you say, thanks, Hannah and I'm hearing you say that when you have a proven offer that product, that solution, people are already buying, and you're really ready to scale it at pace, then you need someone like Hernan to really tweak it all, get it all ready. So when advertising spend goes behind it, it can just fly and give you good returns. So I, I presume with all your clients, it's about you know, getting that right and getting them returns on, on, on the spend that they are uh, putting out there, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. We're a direct response marketing agency, right? So every dollar needs to be held accountable. Every mm-hmm. dollar needs to bring at least a dollar back or more. So we have, for example, one, a, a lot of clients come to us because they do have a proven offer. They do have a proven business. And and they've been relying heavily, for example, on referrals or word of mouth. And mm-hmm. they've been relying heavily on organic social media or something like that. But they didn't realize that in order for them to have more leads more conversations more opportunity more revenue they need to start advertising and they need to start you know getting leads uh from the internet so that's the position where you are i think that that's a good position to be in because now you get to choose who you want to partner up with or who you want to bring on board and you get to decide also if you want to do this with a partner or if you want to do this internally right if you want to build your own marketing team? That's another question that I get asked a lot is should I go out there and hire a digital marketing agency or should I build my own internal team? And the answer is generally speaking, what what I've seen that works the best is first you partnered up with somebody again you have a proven offer you have a proven sales process and you're ready to scale you partnered up with somebody to get you to the next level and then at some point it just makes more sense for you to start building your own internal team right because now you have ideally your partner will help you with processes it might even help you hiring people it might even help you you know going through those things so at that point you have built an internal team and then you know, you just bring operations in-house. That has been kind of uh, the the MO that we've been having with many of our clients. It's like we'd scale them to the point that it just makes more sense for them to build their internal team and off they go. For us, that is a big win, you know? We consider that a win for a client, so.
0: Awesome, awesome. And if you're listening in, Hernan and his organization in the last seven years alone have generated over $200 million in revenue for some of the big brands out there. Now, tell me something. How does how did you get to work with the teams at Grant Cardone, Russell Brunson's team, Tony Robbins' team, Frank Kern's team, and many, many more? What 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 what's your secret sauce to get through that door?
1: <laughs> That's a, that. I love that question. I actually love that question. So I think that it has to do with two things, right? The first thing is you want to position yourself in or you want to get yourself in a position when you're learning and you're close to those people that are in the position that you want to be a couple years from now. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's the power of mentorship and the power of being in masterminds and whatnot. So generally speaking, what I did is, you know, Growing up, I'm a big marketing, big marketing geek, big marketing dork. Like you cannot see on on the back of my my wall, but I have like a picture of Dan Kennedy, I have a picture of David Ogilvy, like I have copywriting books. So I've always been kind of a massive dork when it comes to marketing and copywriting and advertising. Uh So growing up and and going through my career, I didn't my, my heroes were these guys, right? So I asked myself, okay, how can I get to work with some of these folks? And uh, the first thing that I did was to invest, was to invest in their relationship, was to invest in their masterminds, invest in their communities, even when it was a big deal for me to invest. Like, for example, I remember that the first product, one of the first products that I bought from Frank Kern was uh, I joined his continuity program, his community was called, it was called the network back in the day. It was called the Franker Inner Circle first, and then it became the network and it was $400 a month. It was a lot of money for me, you know, to invest in a community, but I went ahead and uh, you know, I I went ahead and made an investment and whatnot. And then I started being really, really helpful in that community. At that point, I was full on running ads for, you know, clients for myself and whatnot so every time uh, an ad question will come up, I would try to answer it, right? On a Facebook group, and then they had the wrong community. So I was extremely helpful with every single member of that community. To the point that I got really well known as the ad guy, right? In that community. Wow. So when Frank and his team had a need for an ad guy, the first thing that they did is they search inside of the community and my name came up, right? So my name came up and that's how I started working with him And then, uh, and then I became, you know, his main advertising guy and his marketing director and whatnot for three and a half years. And um, and and I think that it has to do with being in that community, but also becoming, you know, noticeable by giving away as much value as possible, so that the people that are close to the proximity or they have proximity to the power source, right? They're close to the top. They can notice you and they can bring you in and whatnot. And that also creates a lot of opportunity for you. But I think that. If there's one thing that has kind of changed my life in many ways is this, this position to be as helpful as possible and actually help people one-on-one in these communities so that you can create opportunity, but also you get noticed by other place in the community and potentially the community you know, uh, founder. Does that make sense?
0: It makes absolute sense. Give value, help people, show that you you know what you're talking about. And by adding value to other people and being noticed and something you said as well, is the way you expose yourself decently, expose yourself through proximity, mm-hmm. whether you're buying their programs or in their masterminds, it, it's it's invaluable. So thank you for saying that. I want to go down the line of ads. You know, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're running ads on Instagram or Facebook or uh, Google or whatever, the algorithms change and yeah. it catches people out. What mm-hmm. is, what's the new way to run ads based on some of the changes that have been happening at Apple and these different places, which have caught some people with their pants down.
1: Yeah, they did. Big time, big time. And uh, so what we're noticing right now is, you know, right now we're in these kind of weird economic times, you know, and whatnot. The U.S. is going into a potential recession, and there's some weirdness happening around the world in terms of economics and whatnot. So something that I learned working with some of these people is that this is the time to double down on marketing and advertising. This is the time where they go out there and they actually increase their advertising budgets instead of decreasing them, right? Mm. And the reason they do this is really simple because if you think about it in these times, you know, with massive layoffs in techs and all that, what's happening is that many of these multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies, they're pulling their advertising spend out of these platforms. They're actually decreasing because, of course, there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to investors and stock and, and, and stakeholders and all that. So they generally speaking, they lower their budgets. Mm. Now, lowering their budgets in these networks, that basically means that they're freeing up hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising spend on these platforms, right? And people still, they still go in on Instagram, they still go to YouTube, they still go to Facebook. So the eyeballs are still there. There's just less competition for the same amount of eyeballs, right? So what happens is that for us, small business owners, it creates a big opportunity to acquire, to acquire clicks, to acquire eyeballs, to acquire market share, to acquire buyers and leads at a discount, basically, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what's happening right now is that I'm seeing that, the the only time that Facebook advertising costs went down was during the pandemic, right? That's where where you know Facebook advertising costs plummeted because nobody was advertising. And I was working for a client back in the day where I, I was their marketing director, and they went from zero to a hundred million dollar in valuation in three years. Because they rode the pandemic wave, and they went all out with marketing, right? Wow. so uh, so that's the power of investing in these cycles where when things go back to normal, then you can you know get on top because you acquire a lot of market share while your competitors were retreating. so that's the first thing kind of in a macro in a macro level, but in order you know to answer your question in terms of the algorithms, what we're noticing is that um you know the apple the Apple the iOS 14 created a lot of havoc in advertising and the, the rules have changed right now what we use is for example you cannot rely that much on the pixel just the pixel which is a piece of code that you install on your website you mm-hmm. cannot just rely on that to track to effectively track what's going on after somebody clicks out of Facebook for example so we are using a lot of third-party tracking tools right that communicate directly to the okay. Facebook pixel so that you don't lose. Uh, you don't lose that performance, right? When it comes to machine learning, but also something that we're noticing is that the game is changing from targeting, like who you're going to target with your ads and whatnot. Uh, the networks are kind of taking away the power on the advertising, on, on the advertiser to actually target your ideal demographic, which is not necessarily a bad thing because they have a lot of data points of their users, right? So. Facebook has a lot more data on their users than I could ever have for example right mm-hmm. so what's happening is that we're seeing that the tendency is shifting from going really deep and trying to hone in into that ideal audience we're going from there into a much more creative heavy game what do i mean i mean that your creatives your video ads your image ads all of the ads that you're putting out there they need to be they need to become better and they need to become uh they need to become more magnetic to those people that you want to target and that you want to attract into your funnel so we're kind of slowly seeing a shift from you know uh targeting right from trying to target and honing into our ideal audiences which you still can but there's some you know we don't have the targeting power that we used to have a couple years ago Mm -hmm. for privacy reasons and whatnot into a more like Uh, creative heavy game so now whoever wins it's going to be the 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 people that are putting out the best creatives that are putting creatives that are really helpful videos that are really helpful but also they're magnetic to the people that they want to work with and they repel those people that they don't want to work with so that's the major the major one of the major shifts that we're seeing after you know running ads for clients and running ads for ourselves
0: wow the game is changing like you said wow i mean that is a golden nugget. Everyone listening now need to understand. So what I'm hearing her and say it's not about the targeting. Yes, it's still very important. You still got to ta- get that targeting right. But if you can't get people to stop to look at your post or look at your uh, ad or look at your video or look at your thing, the picture, then nothing's going to happen. So now it it gives you an idea that hey, you've got to get creative. And if you don't know how to do that, that's why people like Hernan do what they do. That's why they get the kind of result that they get. Now, thank you for sharing that, Hernan. I really appreciate it. For those people who are wanting to, um, I'm going to come back to you in a moment. I just want to say you're listening to the Business of Wealth show with Hernan Vasquez and Matt Atram here. And um, remember to like, share, but also comment. And um, what are you getting out of this? What are the golden nuggets for you? And also ask questions on, 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 on this as well. Just let us know. Subscribe, follow, whichever channel you're on. I want to go to Hernan and say, those who want to get hold of you and want to work with you or want to contact you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, well, Hernan Vasquez all you know, in all networks. Like if you search for my name, I will pop up definitely on Instagram. We have a YouTube channel that has like six years plus worth of content, seven years worth of content. So there's a lot of good stuff there. We talk about entrepreneurship. We talk about advertising lately we've been talking a little bit about ai and whatnot in that channel as well uh how we are using ai for 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 our clients and for ourselves so that's you know good resource and then if you want to learn more about what we do just head over to scaledriven.com we have a little message there on that page and if that resonates with you uh you can schedule a call you can see more about what we do right there at scaledriven.com
0: scaledriven.com we'll add it to the footnotes as well on the last question i want to ask you which is more around you just mentioned it ai what mm-hmm. is tell us about the future of marketing as it relates to artificial intelligence
1: that I, that's a great question and you know we re- we are in the really early stages of mm-hmm. of ai development right like for example right now i read a couple of year a couple of days ago that only 8% of people are using, for example, chat GPT for business related stuff. 8% 92. Yeah, 8%, 92% of people are just, you know, just doing some other stuff with chat GPT. So only 8% of us are using chat GPT in a business related way. So one of the things that I tell our students and we tell our clients and whatnot is that the jump the earlier you jump into this trend. The better because right now, what we're noticing is that it's helping us, like for example, Chat GPT and other tools, it's helping us at scale driven, it's helping us save a ton of time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we can increase productivity, but also we can increase the quality of the output that we put out, right? For example, on copywriting, we can get the uh, chat gpt and whatnot to write a lot of the copywriting of course we still have human copywritings you know copywriters to take a look and adapt what we get out of the tool but it saves a ton of time but not only that it also allows us to be more productive and focus on those things that matter so i think that if anything i don't think ai is going to replace anyone i think that if anything is going to free up our time which is it's already doing to focus on those things that AI might not do as well, like being creative, coming up with new offers, coming up with new with new ways of of benefiting our audiences and focus on what matters, right? Focus on the strategic side of things and not that much on the tactics uh, side of things. So that is something that we are noticing that's happening uh, right now with AI. And, you know, it would only get better from here. I'm really excited to see what's coming up. Uh, But right now it's helping us save a ton of time and increase our output. And we're actually getting really, really good results uh, internally for our team and for our clients as well. So
0: that's awesome. Great answer there. Hey, honey, I want to say Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the information you shared with us. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for, you know, all the golden nuggets we've got here. And um, until we speak again, thank you uh, to everyone listening in. Thank you for listening as well. Thank you, Herman. Thank you, Matt. It's been my, my pleasure. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thank you all.